listening. This is Casually Speaking with Sean Rutherford. What's up, everybody? This is my weekly show that I haven't done weekly, and I don't know what to call it yet, but we're going to talk about wrestling uh, <laughs> with my buddy Isaac here. Um, we are, we're going to get right into it here. We are actually doing a little pre-pro uh, um, talk, but I'm like, you know what, let's just get it started because Isaac is really hyped up about this week. Um, I so am much too. is happening. So much Dude. is happening. I'm 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 stoked, but um, so just to kind of give everybody some background here, I do not watch WWE anymore. I do not watch NPJW, no matter how hard Isaac has tried to give me a secret login, or maybe not because a lawyer. Might we're be still working on that. We're, we're still working we're, on that. <laughs> figuring it out. But all I've got is YouTube and compilations. Um, but I do watch AEW because, um. I started. I started getting back into wrestling because AEW is like doing some things. They're they're making some moves. Um, getting a little heat. Sometimes things don't work, but I, I like that. I really appreciate a, a company just kind of being like, you know what, let's let's shake it up a bit. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, AEW Dynamite has been doing some things lately that are bringing some people from uh, NPJW, right? Like. New, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and then a couple, well, like a month or so ago, start incorporating the Good Brothers, formerly yes. uh, Impact, into AEW. And lately, like this past week's Dynamite episode, on its own, had people from Impact, people from New Japan, people from NWA, and like all in one show. And now some of it is due to the pandemic, these people need to work and the, their promoters are like, hey, you got to go earn a living, go earn a living. And this shows, you know, inviting you over to come earn a living. Some of it's due to that. But it's also created what the elite had originally created with All In all these years ago, where like this super show of all these other non-WWE shows working together and creating, basically creating magic. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, I mean, with the pandemic and everything, every entertainment company is like, how do we even survive? How do we do this? And it's like WWE has made their model where they're like, OK, you're independent contractors, but you're hardly independent. You are going to be with us and only with us. We'll just figure it out. And then they just laid off a whole bunch of people anyways, because they're like, well, we can't we can't afford it, which that's like the stereotypical business 101 to do something during a lockdown. But AEW is like, well, okay. Yeah. Like if we need, we have our champion literally saying like, I don't care uh, for the TNT champion before um, Darby Allen mm -hmm. um, was Cody Rhodes where he's like, I don't care where you're from. Anybody can challenge my belt. So it's yes. like people are getting exposure at any way they can. And they're part of other companies like impact wrestling uh, and, and things like that where, they're popular on those brands, but like, I don't watch that. I don't, is it TNA and impact or is it all just impact? I don't and that, know. Those, those are legit questions. Like, I mean, not to kind of like joke on impact, but like, I, I legit don't know what channel impacts on. I know they're on Twitch and that's mm -hmm. as far as I know. I know 
NWA before pandemic ran a weekly Tuesday hour show on exclusively to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And they haven't, as far as I know, like they have not been on since pandemic. I think they're one of, if not the only quote major wrestling show that still hasn't done it because they just, you know, some of these companies cannot afford to do like a bubble, you know, yeah. atmosphere. And it's, yeah. it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing too, is like AEWs, like, they have pretty much set up shop at um, the at Daly's place. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Daly's place is probably thankful. They're like, oh my gosh, this is great. We're gonna stay. We're gonna stay uh, our, our lights on. Like this is this is great. We have a contract with these guys, pretty much. But mm-hmm. yeah, like if it weren't for like Tony Khan, like I don't think you know AEW would still be around. I think it would just revert back to once in a lifetime, like all in pay per views. You know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, it's great. Like Thunder Rosa, she's um, what is she? She's NWA, right? Correct. Um, and she kind of made her start a couple of months ago, um, just being like, you know, no one can have my title. And now she doesn't. Does she have her title still? I can't remember. No, I think it's Serena Deeb who has it. But she Thunder Rosa is on the uh, the women's uh, tournament, which is yeah. very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's actually get into that real quick because the tournament actually got me really really stoked um i know we're gonna just bounce around all around this uh this this event that happened uh on wednesday here but whatever um so they're doing a tournament where it's like aew women's um and then also like a ton of npjw um okay so they are not from new japan they are oh. from ddt pro so oh, ddt okay. pro is the new japan rival this is mm-hmm. what's so fascinating about it so DDT Pro is like their New Japan rival, but it's like far in a way the second show. Like it's like, and it's not even like the main women's show. The main women's show is called Stardom, which now New Japan Pro Wrestling owns. However, DDT Pro does have some stars, like some well big names. Like my personal favorite and the internet's personal favorite is Maki Ito. She's mm-hmm. she is the quote unquote cutest wrestler around. She's mm-hmm. freaking hilarious. She is a fantastic follower. And her story of how she became a wrestler is pretty fascinating, kind of heartbreaking in terms of like Japanese culture and has picked it up so well. Like she was a Japanese idol and she Mm. was fired from her record company because she did quote quote unquote, didn't up, you know, kept her looks up to date, you know, for for folks who don't know um, when you're an idol in Japan, um, you got until like age 23, 24, 25 until you're quote unquote considered old. And I mean, that's laughable to us because like, dude, you're not old, but mm-hmm. to them, that's old. You know, you're not, you're not it anymore. And for her, they basically told her, you're, we think you're too ugly now. So you're fired and you're letting go. And, you know, she, you know, picked herself up and said, like, well, I'm going to do professional wrestling. I've always had a thing for professional wrestling. Just went in, no, background experience because a lot of these japanese wrestlers these joshi wrestlers they start when they're teenagers yeah like, there's a there's a youtube video of riho doing a match with minoru suzuki and it's like physical and riho's like 14 so <laughs> well yeah start... and like kenny omega had like a kenny omega had like a fight with like a five-year-old right like yeah yeah they start <laughs> young and but like yeah. they're they're in it for life so like when they were like 21 they mm-hmm. have there's so much wealth and experience and they're so good in the ring by by then it's like it, it pays off. So Maki Ito does it late. She picks it up super fast. 
She's learning mm-hmm. English. She's a hilarious follow. She is very funny, and she's my pick to win. She's got like she's she's got a cult following. I don't know if she's gonna win, but like most of these women are, if not all of them, are from DDT Pro, and some of them have worked for AEW before. Like Emmy Sakura has worked for AEW before. I think mm-hmm. Mesa Girl has also worked for AEW before. But other than well, those two, everyone else is brand new. Well, that's the thing too. This is the thing that I really like about AEW is that AEW tells great stories in the match where you can put someone over and they still lose the match. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that's oh, yeah. Like Darby Allen, like straight up Darby Allen's debut with uh with Cody Rhodes, like mm-hmm. and it literally he lost, technically lost because he didn't get the title. But he went so over because he just won't die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just won't quit. And um, they're doing that with with a lot of people. So which is way different than WWE. If you lose, you're done. You know, like <laughs> I I feel like the, the, that's the way how the way how WWE does it. We if you're brand new mm-hmm. with no hype or no like you know video package whatever, you're a jobber. Yeah, you, you get you squashed in two minutes. Good job. And maybe we'll see you in a couple of years, maybe, you yeah. know, yeah. that's how they do things. Whereas AEW, like you mentioned, we don't know who you are. You're, there's no hype around you. Like this last match on Th- Dynamite. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't really know who Layla Hirsch is. Yeah. And I know who Donna Rosa is. Donna Rosa yeah. is a star, but they had like a 25 minute match where it was back and forth. And even though Thunder Rosa won as expected, yeah. Layla Hirsch looked really good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, they just tell way better stories. Because, yeah, WWE, like, because, okay, so I don't watch WWE, but I still watch, like, YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. reviews and everything. And, like, The Fiend, um, what's his name? Uh, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Like, he kept losing matches, and he's losing, like, his steam. And now he's, like, he's out for a bit. And that could be, you know, injury. could be whatever it is. You know what I mean? I don't mean? know but, what it is per se and there hasn't been anything said but he did have a second child three months ago mm-hmm. and that could be it and also like with him and Rennie or not to go all over the place but like they're uh i i guess they're they're basically stalling for time until wrestlemania because mm-hmm. Rennie or and the fiend are gonna settle you know their blow off at wrestlemania and more than likely the fiend's gonna you know destroy Rennie orton because the fiend's character is basically Bray wise revenge tour you know, yeah. everyone that beat beat him and buried him, now he's back and burying them. And it's, I mean, I'm don't I don't think it's planned, but it's beautiful long term storytelling wrestling, which mm-hmm. it's great. And I wish WWE would do it a lot more, but you know they don't. And it's kind of like like they'll start stuff and they'll just leave it off, or they'll start stuff and they'll end it abruptly. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating as a fan but man where they do it and it's long term and it's great like kofi kingston a couple years ago with kofi mania like it's amazing and it's emotionally invested but they just don't do it enough to where you know you would you sean would come back and watch because yeah they just don't do it enough yeah, exactly well and like and i will admit like long term long term storytelling which for for everybody that's like whoa sean you're i, I listen to you for jujitsu like what in the world are you guys even talking about here oh, there's we can give them examples of that there's plenty <laughs> of examples yeah well like and it, it pretty much just high level view is like long term is just pretty much just that like you mm-hmm. you start a, a a conflict and you don't resolve it until way later which like i mean 
NPJW did it like for years. Like yeah, they would they, like they, they plan for years ahead. Yeah, they, and, they are a slow burn. Yeah, so which can be it can be frustrating for someone coming in because mm-hmm. you're just like, what's going on? I don't really understand it. And then there's short term, which WWE really does favor, where it's like you make a conflict for that episode, it pretty much resolves in that episode, or it resolve resolves in like the next pay per view that's coming out. Like basically, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, which back in when I was a fan, when I was WWE Attitude Era, like. That was their. That was still their format. Was like it wasn't very long term. It was very okay. At the next pay per view, it's gonna get resolved, and then that's pretty much that. Which I loved back in that day, back in those days. But now it's like I want something more. I I want it. It got too you know cookie cutter. Where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. they're gonna resolve it in this, and then that's it. But with AEW, there'll be a pay per view. It'll happen, but it won't quite resolve. You know, like it's like wait what's going to happen next? You know, like the whole hangman, Adam page, like his storyline. I'm actually, I'm hooked on AEW. I actually, I, I stopped watching for a couple of weeks, but literally I came back at, for hangman. I'm like, what is going on with this character? I'm so invested in what they're about to do with him. Um, which is funny because I started watching AEW because of Kenny, Kenny Omega. And I was like, Oh, that's his tag team partner. Okay. Let's see. I came for Kenny Omega, but I stayed for Hangman. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay. And that's the great thing about AEW storytelling is that, like, you came in while something was going on. You picked up mm-hmm. on it, you know, fairly easily. Mm-hmm. That resolved, but the fallout of that story is still going on with Hangman Page because, you know, he's not with the elite anymore. And he's like, every week he's bouncing around with factions. These factions want him. He's kind of on his own cowboy journey, and Mm -hmm. it's really entertaining. It's really fun to watch. It's a story that's still ongoing that this wouldn't have happened without his last major story. It's it's still, in a way, it's still going. His character story is not over. It's still going. Well, and and like and it's just that that's the thing that I love about the stories because for for people that don't know, um, it was Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, and they were kind of this tag team that was a reluctant tag team. It just kind of it happened by circumstance. They become the tag team champions. They're on top of the world, right? And you know they're just they're winning matches. They're doing everything. Kenny Omega is literally the what everybody in America thought was going to be the next big star. Um, but John Moxley ended up being that because John Moxley is pretty awesome. He's like the yeah, new, he's, he's pretty he, damn awesome. He He's the new stone cold. Like really he is. And I think he's really leaning into that now. I think when he was in WWE, he was called Dean Ambrose and he was trying to be that, but like WWE's like, no, we can't. Cause stone cold's already been done, you know? Um, especially mm-hmm. right at the end of his career. Like when he was trying to be his own standout person, not part of the shield. Um, They were kind of like, okay, a little bit, but no, not really. And then he left, he left and became an AEW. And they're doing that right. And they're doing exactly what you just said right now with Kevin Mm -hmm. Owens. And they even gave Kevin Owens the stunner and they're, I guess they're doing a better job inching it closer and closer to getting Kevin Owens version of that character. Mm -hmm. But given WWE's track record, I, I'm a pessimist that they're going to actually fall through and let Kevin Owens just be Kevin Owens. Like mm-hmm. how they should have left John Moxley be John Moxley after yeah. the shield. Yeah. 
So, and, and yeah, and so everybody thought that like Kenny Omega was going to be the biggest top dog, you know, um, but he ended up being in the tag team. Um, and everyone's like, okay, well, he's a great tag team person too. Like he, the golden lovers, golden brothers or golden, whatever they were <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like he can absolutely do it. And hangman is like his partner that he's part of the elite. Uh, and just it was a reluctant thing. Like it was like, it was a shaky, like, okay, like we'll do it and everything. But then everything turned to crap. Uh, essentially they lost their titles. They almost essentially lost their, their friendship because Kenny Omega after this turned heel. Like he was a good guy this entire time. Like he's mm-hmm. this inspirational dude. And then he turned heel and now he's like, he's the AEW champ or no, not AEW. Uh, yeah. World he's a- yeah. He's the AEW champ. He's oh, okay. The tri- yeah. The triple A champ. And uh, I maybe says something up with the Impact Champ. He's like he's trying to be belt collector. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like he's he's becoming this super villain that's just taking all the belts, you know. And it's like, okay. And then Hangman is just kind of lost in the wayside. And and it's funny too because right when everything broke, I was siding with Kenny Omega. Like I was like, oh man. But then I'm like, oh no, it's Hangman. Like Hangman's the good guy. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> It's it's really good. It's it's a really good storytelling. And for people that like are like wrestling's fake and everything like that, yes, it is absolutely. I hundred percent agree. But I actually just recently listened to Undertaker's um, podcast with Joe Rogan, and he's like, "Yes, it is." But it's literally you're two inches away from wow, that's really awesome. To wow, he can't walk again. You know, so it's mm-hmm. there is a spectacle to it. Um, but. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for for Hangman. Um, I'm not too stoked that Matt Hardy's part of it right now, but um, yeah, I'm uh, not really big on Matt Hardy's current character where he's like yeah. money Matt Hardy. I I just, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine, but I just seen that mm-hmm. character too many times in other promotions. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I really loved the whole broken Matt Hardy, but I can understand why it didn't really click anymore too because it just seemed like it didn't fit with aew's like um uh you know ecosystem like Mm -hmm. i it was definitely really good in whatever what was what was the promotion that he started broken matt hardy in impact Uh, Impact. oh okay really was impact okay with his brother brother jeff and mm -hmm. how i heard about it i got linked to it on twitter they're like one of these like cinematic promos Mm-hmm. And it was so terrible. I'm like, this can't be real. What is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. this this is so overly acted, overly like, this is this. I was like, I was convinced this is a this can't be real. This is a parody, like 100. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that kind of got me interested to see what's going on because <laughs> it was yeah. like, what is happening? And then <laughs> I like the, I saw um, their cinematic match with Jeff Hardy, cinematic match with EC3, mm-hmm. and I'm like all right, this is ridiculous, but all right, fine. And then, but I knew about it. And then when they brought him into WWE, you know, obviously they had, it was a very much toned down, watered down version. They could even use the word broken, you know, mm-hmm. they had its moments with Bray Wyatt, but it wasn't the same. So I do 100% agree with you. It doesn't fit with AEW's current landscape, but I was glad to see it come out in Matt's own full vision for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just doesn't fit what AEW is doing right now. But I'm yeah. not so sure about his character right now. Yeah, me neither. It's it's just it's 
it's not that because here's the thing is like he's obviously trying to be a heel um and it's the heel's job for you to hate them right mm-hmm. but it's like at the same time because it's like kenny omega like he's obnoxious right now it's like you're, you you want to hate him but you love to hate him but like matt hardy's like money matt hardy i'm like eh, i don't really care though you know yeah. um it's it's interesting because that whole promo that they just did last week, um, he had Matt, Matt sign makes people sign these contracts, right? Like, um, and it's pretty much like, you're going to make a whole bunch of money, but I'm going to make more. That's pretty much in the contract. So mm-hmm. he has his tag team that he has under his wing called, um, private, uh, private party. party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got them signed and everything and he's trying to get Adam page, you know, and, um, in the, in the promo though. And I actually had to, I watched a review in, on YouTube and I actually didn't, I didn't catch it because I watch it while um, anybody that sees me working, I, I I have it on in the background while I'm working. That's what I do, but I didn't catch it. I I thought that Hangman signed the contract that Matt gave to him, but he actually switched contracts. So Matt signed a contract that Adam actually had made. Oh, so, I actually didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and I watched it. <laughs> so that that's that's the the interesting part. I'm like, okay, what did what did Hangman just do? You know. So we'll see. Um, but that's the thing is that's what I like about the AEW is like you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't. Like they're just kind of they're doing their own thing. Um, so let's let's kind of move forward here a little bit because um, I was going to talk about the whole Darby Allen thing with Sting, but honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right here on the air. I don't want Sting to wrestle. I do not want him to wrestle. I I'm gonna be very nervous when they uh, have their match at Revolution. I I. Uh. I'm going to be pretty nervous about it. Like, uh, yeah. Cause yeah, I just, I, mean, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I, I don't either. Cause like, here's the thing too, is like last week, uh, they cut a promo where sting was about to talk and then, you know, Taz and, and the group put Darby Allen in a body bag and drove him off. And like anybody else would get out of the ring and run out. Sting just, walked out like i'm like <laughs> that was the fastest he can move yeah i'm like oh man like oh gosh like how is this gonna be and like sting too for for those of you guys don't know like the reason why he's retired is actually due to an injury that severely hurt him um so, and it was it was a spinal injury right okay so um he had a match with seth rollins this was during his wwe run mm-hmm. and I believe he hit the ropes awkwardly and his neck was done. Yeah. And he was extremely lucky to be able to finish this match on his own. No, no aid, no nothing. Had no idea what happened. Like mm-hmm. as far as like in, physically, he just knew like, Oh man, this is a weird pain. Like, I don't know what's up. Doctors told him like, dude, if you hit the ropes one more time like that, you're going to be paralyzed. Like this yeah. is your, your neck's done. Your neck and spine's done. Yeah. And um, so WWE's like, well, you know, you're retired. And, and that was the, the end of his run. I mean, it was a very unmemorable, memorable run. Like it was a very short run and, you know, finished out his contract. I had him do other stuff. And now he's on AEW. And I know medicine is an incredible thing. And I know Daniel Bryan came back from, from concussions, you know? Yeah. Like it, it's, you know, it's not impossible. Medicine's incredible, but man, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm the just thing, gonna wince every time I see him take a bump. Like, well, you know. that, that's the thing is like it, the difference between Daniel Bryan and Sting is that Daniel Bryan retired when he was like in his early 30s, 
Sting mm-hmm. is in his sixties. Like he yeah. is, he's either in his late fifties or or early sixties. He's just been mm-hmm. around for a long time, and he is a legend. He is absolutely a legend. And and the worst thing that you could do for a legend is make them go at it one last time, and you just he doesn't live up to his own potential, you know. And, and it's and like what's funny is you mentioned that. That's what uh, Undertaker said before, where it's like. You don't want to be in there too long where like you have some dad tell his kid like, man, you should have seen him back when I was your age. Because Yeah. And it's sad. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's sad. It's it's one of those things that like I wish that they would just keep him as a manager figure. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, though, like because he doesn't really cut all that well of a promo, which kind of no. it, it's it tells because he didn't even cut a promo like he got cut off by Taz and, and his his crew, you know, so it's like. I I wish they would they would have something for him, and it's not like that they need to really cut a good promo because Lance Archer is with Jake the Snake, and Jake the Snake, I love the dude. I've watched the documentary; <laughs> he can yeah. barely freaking talk. You know, yeah. like his vocal cords are so fried that he can barely even talk, and it's like that's his that's his promo, man. Like, yeah. it's I'm like okay, well, it is what it is, but. I don't want him to. I just don't want to see him. I don't. I don't want. I, I, I hope nothing bad happens, and I hope the match goes as planned, as mm-hmm. smooth as possible. I just don't want to see Sting wrestle, man. Have him as the manager. Have him come out once a month or once every couple months. Mm-hmm. Just you know, keep that special aura of Sting. I don't need to see him every week. Just how like I don't see the Undertaker every week when he was active. Yeah. Just I. I just don't want to see it, man. But. We're gonna just, get it whether we want whether we want to or not. I mean, I hope the match is literally just him with a baseball bat and he just clocks people and then that's it. Like I yeah. just that's all I want. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want him to hit in like because that's the other thing too is that he is being paired with Dar- Darby Allen, who is notorious for taking the most insane bumps in the business. Like mm. Darby is just stupid with his body i'm like ah dude you you can't keep this up like stop but it's just it's it 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 does worry me um but i mean it is it is what it is i guess i mean we're gonna get it we uh, no one wants it that's the thing too is like no one really wants it they're they're always like oh sting's back and i'm like yeah but it's not the sting we remember this is this is old sting (laughs) like i'm happy to see him back but I also yeah. don't want to see him wrestle. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as as soon as he came back, I mean, me and you like immediately texted each other, and I'm like, "Dude, that's awesome! He's back." I do not want to see him wrestle. I yeah, do not. That want was to see that him. was literally what we said. Great that yeah. he's back. Don't want to see him wrestle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess we're getting it. But but like like there's another like speaking of like Daniel Bryan's thing. Like New Japan had has a guy with uh, Katsunori Shibata who like had a match. Did his finisher, his finisher, like like Undertaker said, was a couple inches off. Guy was put in a coma, you know, oh. s- suffered a brain aneurysm, lives, comes back. The crowd's crying because it's like, dude, last time we heard, like, you were in a coma, comes back. And New mm-hmm. Japan tells him, you're done, but we're going to mm-hmm. give you a job, and we're going to give you a job in developing wrestlers in mm-hmm. L.A. and in Tokyo. Yeah. And that's, that's his job. Sometimes he'll make special appearances, like, to quote-unquote like corner somebody because do japan you can have like corner men it's very it's very different but very entertaining yeah and 
that's his job. That's what he does. And as much as the guy wants to come back, they're like, no way, dude. No way you're going to come back. We're going to give you something to do. You're still going to come out on TV once in a while. So it's still going to be a very special moment when you come out. And yeah. you're still contributing to the business. And Daniel Bryan right now, up until recently, now has some creative, a lot of creative leverage, actually, in SmackDown. So oh. he's actually kind of in charge in the intercontinental title division right now. Like, he books guys. He you know, has story for them. And it's like, he's not on TV every night. He's not doing crazy stuff every night anymore. He's still contributing. I just wish maybe whether AEW gave this option or maybe Sting doesn't want to do it. I just wish that was the same thing for Sting. Because Sting has a a lot of knowledge that he can give out to the younger guys, like, like Darby Allen, you know, like, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't need you to see you wrestle though. We're good. You know, we're good. Yeah, exactly. Well, and like, and that's the thing is, is like, they have like Arn Anderson. They have um, Tony Blanchard. It? Tony Blanchard. Like they have these older people, like mentor these younger talent. And it's like Sting. You should just mold into that. And I get it. Like Sting has a gimmick, whereas like Arn Anderson, you know, Tony Blanchard. Like they just they're they look like normal dudes. They're just yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, totally but- totally cuts good promos and like you mm-hmm. know he's he's a bad guy. Arn yeah. Anderson doesn't really cut promos but he's a good guy he's like like kind of like how new japan he's like he's like cody's coach whatever yeah yeah and yeah like, which i think is hilarious he has like one of those like football like, yeah he does actually <laughs> i'm he like does. Oh, dude are you kidding like, me he's calling plays for cody <laughs> yeah they're like come on bro <laughs> like, yeah like, i get oh. it it's it, it's uh, it's hey professional wrestling is what it is yeah <laughs> like and i would like to see sting do that like i, I don't mm-hmm. even see staying in full face paint every day I'm, I'm good with steve borden you know like i'm good with yeah. that <laughs> yeah exactly well even then too it's like you could do something where it's like sting has a presence like still a physical force by doing like cinematic uh he's only in cinematic oh yeah right? i would love cinematic matches for him that'd be even better because then then it's like it protects him you know you mm-hmm. could completely stage like something and it's like he comes in, he comes out, and he's just this force in the background where it's like yeah. he's as terrifying as he was back when he was in WCW. Because back in the Attitude Era, I loved WW. Well, it was WWF back then. And I was like all team WWF. Mm-hmm. But whenever I would hear like, oh, Sting's on WCW, I would immediately switch. Like, because he was just for like a whole year talk about long-term storytelling for a whole year he would just sit up in the rafters and watch like and i was like yeah Dude, this guy's I so badass yeah. like doesn't say anything he yeah. looks incredible and he just doesn't do anything sits up in the rafters in that presence and you just you never knew when he was gonna strike and yeah for a whole year it was great and then like I mean, dude, dude's had so many moments where, like, he sh- where he was disguised as himself in NWO reveals the mask, and it's just it's just NWO staying, which is I thought <laughs> yeah. was hilarious. Like that's yeah. such a hilarious moment in GIF, but it's stuff like that that make like, oh my god, like Sean, like I would love to see him just do the same thing, rafters yeah. watching Darby do his thing. Yeah, exactly, and it's like, and just occasionally, like, and I get it, he's old, and we're all like, let's protect him, but I'm like have him jump from the rafters with the harness and everything like old school with the bat and just clock someone. And then it's like, okay, he's out. You know what I mean? It's like, Uh oh, you know, it's just, 
ah, that would be great. That would be, that's what I want from Sting is it's just like his, when he, when he came out to AEW, that was a crazy pop. Like, yeah no one knew what was happening like mm. and i'm like that's what sting was back in the day like he would show up and everyone's like oh my god like sting um uh, it's just so crazy you know like uh, mm. but no don't have him wrestle i don't i do not want to see him do any uh, suplex no <laughs> like anything yeah, i want no. someone to just stomp punch him that's it that's all i want to see <laughs> like gosh oh yeah i don't know um Okay, moving forward because we got we got to get to it. Um, which, by the way, audience, if you hear little puppies yapping in the background, I am so sorry, but I do have three puppies in this house, and they do not listen because they are puppies. <laughs> um, they are not in this room, but they are very loud. Um, <clears throat> okay, so okay, so I want I want to get into the the inner circle thing. Um, Sandy, yeah. Guevara, and MJF, which honestly, I feel like MJF is the next Chris Jericho. Like this is great that they're teaming up together. Ooh, I can see I that. Think yeah. I can totally see MJF being the next Chris Jericho or um, one of my friends who was like, he looks like another rock. like he could be the another rock. And I'm like, mm, no, like he's too character like he's too. Yeah, he's Chris Jericho. He's Chris Jericho Jr., really. And I love that they're they're together <laughs> and everything. Um, but Sammy Guevara is a very talented person, and he's a great heel. I actually hated him when I first started watching AEW. Like, mm-hmm. I when every every time he would show up, I'm like, oh gosh, this guy, I hate him. But I'm like, wow, that's a really good heel. <laughs> like, but do you think? that MJF and, and Sammy are actually working together. Do you think that's what's going oh, to like overthrow Chris Jericho? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, that did not, I did not think of that, but it would be pretty sick that they pulled the old one over Chris Jericho because mm-hmm. MJF right now, I don't think I would have, a really, really hard time ever seeing him as a face. I think he's forever going to be bad guy. He's oh, yeah. just too good at it. Yeah. And then you mentioned Sammy is a really good heel. I don't know about him as a face, but Chris Jerk has been in the game for a long time. We've seen him both heel and face seamlessly. And it, I mean, he's great at both. He's great at anything he does. Yeah. And that would be interesting a faction led by two people instead of just one person, that will be a different dynamic. That will be a very interesting dynamic. And um, far as I know, out of all the wrestling, when there's factions, there's one clear guy. Yeah. But a faction with two guys, like your co-captains, that's very interesting. I actually really like that idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I have that theory or... I have a theory that Hangman and Sammy are going to be tag team partners. Oh. So because here's how I'm how I'm thinking this is because literally Sammy just had this huge rivalry with Matt, and uh-huh. then it just kind of ended. Didn't yeah. really have like, and that's really unusual for AEW. There's always some sort of fallout, and it literally just it ended done. And I'm like, okay. Now Sammy's on his own. He's a lone wolf now. Hangman's on his own. Like, I feel like they might 
team up, go after Matt because Matt's going after Hangman. And then I don't know. I, I just feel like that might be something. Um, I, I perhaps, but Hangman just got out of a tag team with Kenny. I don't mm-hmm. know if they want to put him back with the tag team. I feel like they want to keep him singles solo guy for a little while. Mm-hmm. That doesn't say that they won't cross paths like in, in a segment in Dynamite where like, you know, Money Matt's trying to get Sammy now to join his faction because like, you know, yeah. oh, Sammy's a free agent. He's no longer part of the inner circle or even Dark Order because Dark Order is involved in the story. Yeah. Um, don't, yeah. doesn't mean that that can't intertwine and heck, I could be all wrong. They could probably team up next week or whatever. Yeah. Um, that could be something. Uh, I ultimately think you're kind of closer to being correct as far as Chris Jericho being thrown out and the inner circle breaking up in a way. Because yeah. uh, there's just there's just so many guys in the inner circle right now for them to just be kind of floundering in the in the, the mid scene because that faction should be like you know, going for the top belt and, you know, dominating against all, all kind of like what they did with Moxley, uh, you know, last year. Um, but I think yeah. it's going to head towards, you know, the inner circle kind of breaking up or, you know, the inner circle. Cause they're so funny. Like they're actually kind of goofy. Um, yeah. Kind of not so much turning face, but becoming tweener and they see what MJF's doing and they just beat the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, kind of like, kind of like the Dark Order. Like the Dark Order was a heel faction. Like mm-hmm. it was as bad as you can get. And now it's like the Dark Order is like kind of the good guys <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, they're kind of good guys, but like uh, Anna J and Tay Conti are clearly heels. So it's like yeah, they're yeah tweeners, you know. And I could see Inner Circle going from from this heel group to tweener group, and I could see that, and Chris Jericho's still leader of the faction. They bring mm-hmm. back Sammy. It's like a nice moment. And then they could either go back to just being just bad guys, you know, yeah. nice moment for bad guys, which is still pretty funny, yeah. or tweener, tweener group where whatever serves their best interest, whether it be like going after good guys or going after bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I, It's it's interesting, and I just kind of – I I. I can't wait to see, you know, I, I really can't. And it's just interesting too. Cause like Sammy and they don't really talk about BTE really, but it's, it's like the, the kayfabe, but not really, but kind of, but yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very like, yeah, they, they play real loose, but it's like Sammy can't just quit AEW. He's the uh, BTE champ. So it's like, okay, yeah. like, He's not going to leave, but maybe he'll go over to Impact, too. That's the other thing, too, is, like, maybe he might go over to the the Impact side and just mess things up there or something like that. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, yeah, with, with everything how it is now, who knows? It's, <laughs> who it's knows? crazy. Well, like, and that's the thing that I love about it is even though I don't watch Impact and I don't watch, you know, DDT or – but I, I'm aware of – who they are because it's like oh wow they're going over there what's that all about you know mm-hmm. um it's it's interesting that like everyone's kind of teaming up together and then it's like wwe's out on their little island with with nxt and then that's it but it's like it's it's, it's a pretty big island though to be fair yeah it's it a is. massive island <laughs> it's kind of like saying the united states is an island but yeah. like <laughs> yeah 
but like but at the same time though it's like okay like everybody else is working together and, and wwe won't even like in kayfabe mention anybody you no. know it's like they won't even mention anything like um what's his name uh he he's he was the he was from nxt but he was in the bullet club like he was one of the founders of bullet club and then came over to, to nxt and now was in he was like the universal champ um for like a second oh finn balor um, finn balor finn balor that's it where like they don't even mention what he did back then and like he started the bullet club yeah. like the crazy like the most popular most well-known like faction, faction in, in the, the world five seven years <laughs> yeah like I mean, people were wearing Bullet Club shirts. Like, I saw Bullet Club, and I had no idea what it was. I was like, what is this? Is mm-hmm. this a band? You know, like, this is <laughs> awesome, you know? But, like, he started it, you know? And it's like, they never mentioned it. He's need, like, no. Like, whatever you did previously, no, we're not going to talk about it. I mean, it. They've, uh, they've cut out Chris Jericho from, like, the raw video package. They wow. There's some moments, and WWE get a lot of criticism for this, where, like, they edit out. John Moxley out of certain like shield moments, like just like yeah. different cuts. And it's just like, it's petty, but we get it. They, they now work for your main competitor. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a shame. Cause like, you know, AEW mentions them, new Japan yeah. mentions them. Like, no, like they have no problem doing it, you know, like, yeah. at all, but yeah. for whatever reason, kind of like the UFC, mm-hmm. like I, I joked about this. So like Michael Chandler, who's, multiple time Bellator champion. I was joking about this with friends of mine when they were mm-hmm. coming out because they didn't they only me and one of my friends knew who he was because you know we're just freaks, fanatics about MMA, combat sports mm-hmm. in general. So mm-hmm. we knew who he was, but the rest of the household didn't know. And I joked around with him. He's like, I wonder if we're gonna mention that he's Bellator champion, even though that's technically non-canon in the UFC cinematic universe. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's just how they treat it. Yeah. And that's how the WWE treats these guys. It's like no, it's not canon, you know yeah it's it's a shame because it like aew obviously is showing like by by talking about their past and everything like that like john moxley being the u.s title weight champion for kenta which okay we're gonna get into it because like i need to know who the hell kenta is but like (laughs) but like he, he cut a promo holding their belt like a different promotions belt and then he came to the stage last uh last week on with the belts too so it's like okay and like kenta's coming out with pretty much from what i'm guessing is like the money in the bank kind of stipulation similar very similar like because he came out with them like oh i know what that looks like that's cheap looking suitcase but i mean come on give him a metal one come on but like (laughs) but i'm like okay okay i get it i get it and and the thing is, too, is so I'm just going to tell you, like, where I'm coming from, because then, like, Kenny Omega, my dude, my guy that, like, got me into all this, like, after uh, not last week's, but the week before when he made his big debut, Kenta made his big debut, um, Kenny Omega's like, oh, dude, you're part of the Bullet Club. Me, too. And I'm like, oh, so they don't even know each other. You know, I'm like, what? And Kenta's like, I don't know you. Like, well, he said, like, F you. But like, yeah. But I'm like, okay, so who is this Kenta dude? Like, okay. what's going on? So, okay, floor is yours. School me. What's going all on? All right. So to tell you this story, we got to go all the way back to 2017. 
Ooh, okay. So during 2017, Kenta was in WWE NXT as Hideo Itami. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out for him, and not because he couldn't wrestle or creative reasons, but he had a, a long string of bad luck with injuries. Just, mm. just kept getting hurt, and like bad injuries too, like rotator cuffs, ACLs, just bad luck after bad luck. He just never got the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And while that's going on, Chris Jericho's contract, you know, wraps up with WWE, and literally days later, you know. During this time, Kenny Omega was the, I want to say he was the U.S. champion. I want to say he was the U.S. champion. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about how, like, man, I really wish I could wrestle other guys, you know, and really put on amazing matches. Like, I really think he was humbly speaking that he can cross over with WWE, but it was never going to happen. So Jericho's contract ends. And literally, like, two days later, during a uh, road, I think it was uh, a show leading up to World Tag League, which was around November. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Omega defends his title against uh, Trent Beretta, who's also an AEW. Mm-hmm. Cuts a promo, lights go out, video pops up. And it's Chris Jericho cutting of telling Kenny Omega that he wants him. That we're gonna find out who's the best wrestler in the world above CM Punk, above Shawn Michaels. You know, because Chris Jericho talking about like I'm compared to those guys. You're compared to those guys. Let's find out who's really the best in the world. And mm-hmm. it, wrestling internet b- blew up because it was like, dude, you were just on Monday Night Raw two days ago. What is happening? Mm-hmm. And Chris Jericho gets on his podcast and says over and over that I wanted to do this, but I s- seeked out Vince McMahon's blessing. And Vince said, sure, go ahead. No problem. Mm-hmm. Go, go wrestle in Japan. Big deal. Right? Yeah. Leading up to that Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan World, which is like their streaming service, had around 200,000 subscribers. Oh, wow. When that show happened and after that show, it was well over a million. Oh, wow. Because Chris Jericho and they still put their show on pay-per-view for like 10, 20 bucks. And that Mm -hmm. did really well. So that was that happened. Jericho, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he lost the match. And it was like, okay, a bunch of new audiences watched. Mm. months later he shows up for like the raw anniversary in full new japan pro wrestling gear like his shirt that he made for that company and i'm Mm. like that's awesome chris jericho's got that he's got it like that where he can just do whatever he wants and gets away with it yeah again you would assume um vince gave him the blessing a couple weeks later he's in a saudi arabia show with uh with uh in wwe Mm. right as like a surprise entrance to like their uh, Royal Rumble, and uh, it was hilarious because Kevin Owens is like screaming, "What are you doing? Go back to Japan!" Like it's so funny. And again, you're like, okay, <laughs> Vince clearly loves this guy. You do whatever you want, bounce between promotions. It's fine. Yeah. So by this time, it's 2018. Um, Dave Meltzer, who's like a wrestling expert and a pay per view expert for the UFC, unofficially. Um, someone asked him, hey, you know, with all this explosion with the independence, with New Japan, with Ring of Honor and all this, do you think New Japan or just indies in general can sell out a ten to 11,000 arena? Dave mm-hmm. Meltzer says, I don't think so. I don't think it's that big. It's exciting. I don't think it's that big. Cody responds and says, I'll take that bet. Mm-hmm. And 
Everyone's like, oh, okay, what's going on? The Elite, Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny, but mainly Cody and the Bucks, get permission from New Japan Pro Wrestling to put on their own show called All In on Labor Day weekend. And they reached out and got guys from MLW, which is MGF's old company, Impact, Mm -hmm. New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they even used Ring of Honor's broadcast to broadcast the event on pay-per-view. Oh, wow. I mean, they even got Rey Mysterio on there, who was at the time was a free agent. Like, it was truly, they, they got Nick Aldis from NWA. Like, it was truly like the WrestleMania for basically non-WWE shows. Yeah. And while promoting the event, uh, they were on Chris Jericho's podcast, and Chris Jericho asked them, well, this is your guys' first time ever really like booking matches and running an event on your guys' own. Would you guys ever consider running your own promotion? All of them unanimously said, hell no. This is a lot of work. Like, there's no way we could do this. Yeah. And Jericho goes, I get what you're saying. Because at the time, Jericho was booking for his Jericho Cruise show, like which is like this wrestling show with Fozzie, with music, with metal music. It it, it was his own thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm doing it too for the first time. And it is pretty different. It's pretty challenging. So they're all were like, we weren't going to do this. It's a once probably once in a lifetime deal or maybe once a year because mm-hmm. it wasn't going to interfere with new Japan schedule or anyone's schedule. And it, all it's going to do is benefit everybody. Yeah. The show happens and it's a massive, massive hit. It is special. I mean, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor, watch it. Um, after that, um, Kenny, Kenny wins uh, during the summer. Kenny wins the IWGP title from, uh, Okada, which I am really trying hard to get you that match, Sean. You really need <laughs> yeah. to watch that. I, I, it, well, is the, it is the Lord of the Rings trilogies of wrestle of wrestling, <laughs> their trilogy of matches. Um, so word gets out that Kenny, Kota Ibushi, uh, the Bucks, Cody, along with a um, couple other wrestlers, were going to be free agents by the end of January, and. So the rumors starts going on for WWE, but then rumors start picking up for like, maybe they're going to do their own promotion off the momentum all in. Yeah. And um, as we go into Russell kingdom, January, it is all, it is now, it has gone from like a small rumor to like almost factual that they're going to leave and form their own promotion, mm-hmm. whether it's true or not. And I say that because this is, it, New Japan did not like this, yeah. Because the way how they saw it, and their former and uh, former U.S. president saw it, this wouldn't have happened if we gave if we didn't give you guys the blessing, which is very which is one hundred percent true. If they yeah. said no, this show doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and now you're going to leave us and form your you're basically become a competition. So their U.S. president, I think his name was Harold Meiji or Harold Mage, was not mm-hmm. happy, mm-hmm. and. January comes around, it's Wrestle Kingdom, and the Elite all lose. Kenny loses the main event, Cody loses, the Bucks lose, they all lose. And mm-hmm. a couple of days later, AEW gets announced, and everything's all good. Like AEW gets revealed, they all form their own promotion, it's all exciting. But yeah. New Japan was extremely, extremely not happy. And I don't know if this ended up being true, but Kenny Omega did have a contract with DDT Pro because he still wanted to work with Japan. 
mm-hmm. and he did mention this is this is how bad it it got in terms of like the relationship. Mm-hmm. Whenever Kenny would fly into Japan, um, before when he was in New Japan, they it'd be all good. Yeah. When he was in New Japan, the few times that he flew flew to Japan for DDT Pro, they would yeah. make life difficult for him to fly into the country, oh. and. He does not know if that's a New Japan thing or whatever, but it's not beyond reason that they have some ties to like government ties to like, hey, you know what? Let's just make it difficult for him for what he did to us. Petty wow. shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, All the while, New, New Japan and Ring of Honor have their supercar where they sell out Madison Square Garden. You know, it still sells out. So does a lot of huge numbers. You know, they're still mm-hmm. super popular. Um, mm-hmm. They do their G1 in Dallas. You know, they're still moving with their U.S. plans. Mm-hmm. And but of course, you know, they would have made more money with the elite. You know, it's, it's just it's just how it is. Yeah. Um, 2020 Wrestle Kingdom is super important because mm-hmm. Jericho's on the show. Jericho's yeah. on the show with the AEW title. Ooh. And he has his match with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, which he wins. He beats Tanahashi, oh, which wow. was kind of surprising. And they in New Japan after the matches, they have these like kind of like similar to MMA and boxing. They have post-match conferences. And mm-hmm. Jericho gets on the mic and says, I love wrestling Tanahashi. I love wrestling, wrestling Okada. I love wrestling Naito. I hope I keep doing it. He said, people need to put aside their stupid feelings and do what's best for business. They need to they need to kick down this forbidden door because we're leaving money on the table. Put your feelings aside. Do what's best for business. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, elite, put your shit aside. New Japan, put your shit aside. Let's work together and make the best wrestling possible. And that's and it was like Chris Jericho just shooting. He wasn't in character. He was just straight up saying, look what we just did. Look how much money I just made you guys. Look how much attention we brought. Let's keep doing this. Put aside your feelings on how things ended. Let's work together. Yeah, that's and that's where the whole term forbidden door came in because that's what Chris Jericho said. He said, "This is a forbidden door. We need to kick open." Yeah, and that happens. COVID hits, and while COVID hits, New Japan um, fires a U.S. president, and mm-hmm. it's. I don't think it's because of COVID. I think just because he probably did a bad job with the U.S. expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, New Japan has shows with crowds. They still do. They're just doing their thing. AEW's doing their thing. And all the while, John Moxley is their U.S. champion. He signed a deal with AEW where, like, on U.S. broadcasts, mm-hmm. I'm on AEW, but in Japan, I could work for New Japan. Yeah, it's super important because it means even though the forbidden door is closed, there's a crack open. Yeah, like right away, and Moxley's that guy. He's like, I don't care what you guys want or whatever. I want to work for both. Yeah, and like cool. And when you watch him wrestle in New Japan, he's wearing different wrestling gear. Like you know, his yeah. finishers even called his name differently. Like you know, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still John Moxley. Yeah, I mean hell, he even had a match with Lance Archer at the same show that Jericho had a match where Jericho won. Like they yeah. they were, it was a heavy AEW presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a U.S. champion. And mm-hmm. because of COVID, he can't fly to, you know, he can't fly to Japan. Yeah. You know, so he's kind of stuck with the belt. And New Japan, with new leadership, mm-hmm. s- says they don't want to strip him because it just, it just it's not his fault that he can't fly to yeah. Japan. 
It's it's not his fault the world shut down. Yeah, like, it's not his fault. Yeah. And all yeah. the while in New Japan, while they're doing their shows in Japan, they started this uh basically like their second show called New Japan Strong, which is all their US talent that can't fly to Japan basically have their own show now. And they're wrestling in front of a no crowd, but there's but they're getting paid, they're getting work in, they're, they're doing content. Yeah. They can't you making the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. And Kenta all the while, who now was brought in by Shibata, turns heel on Shibata, joins Bullet Club, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in Orlando, Florida. So, oh, <laughs> see where I'm going here. So he's just down the street. <laughs> like... Yeah, he's down the street, <laughs> but he can't do anything because you know they they haven't given the okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And they were gonna do like, Kenta versus Moxley. <clears throat> Which is going to be a money match, and it's still going to be a money match. It's going to be a banger of a match. Yeah. Um, you know they can't do anything, mm-hmm. and you know he has the U.S. title briefcase, which they made that briefcase up just to have somewhat of a mean match for the U.S. championship at this yeah. past year's Wrestle Kingdom 2021, because mm-hmm. um, Moxie couldn't be there. Um, mm-hmm. so they have that going, and they're trying to figure out what to do, and all the while Tony Khan's like, dude. I'll kick this door open for you. Like I got impact here. I got NWA here. Like, you know, if you guys want, we could work together. It's just on their end and their hesit hesitancy of it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, a couple of weeks ago, Kenta shows up in full bullet club gear. Yeah. And puts John Moxley to sleep. The wrestling internet. This is how significant this was. WWE NXT advertised edge. Who's massive. Huge, huge. Mm. Oh, yeah. Legend. Everyone, every legend, everyone loves Edge for their show, NXT. He's going to be in their show. No one heard a peep of that show because Kenta (laughs) showing up was such a major, major deal that the two biggest companies outside of WWE who did not like each other for personal Mm. reasons are now working together for this one instance. And yeah, it was crazy. And to go off, off what you said, how after Kenta shows up and Rex, wrecks everybody kenny's like oh hey man brother switchblade they didn't tell me you know you're gonna be here and kenta tells him to shut the f up Mm -hmm. and to to kind of piggyback what that's going on um when the elite left new japan they were in the middle of a bullet club civil war story that just ended because their contracts ended and they weren't interested in bringing them back because again personal personal feelings um of course in japan Everyone wanted to know. Everyone wanted to know what Bullet Club has to say with this pseudo semi Bullet Club reunion that's going on in the AEW. Yeah, and you know, Bullet Club in Japan right now, outside of Evil and Dick Togo, and yes, that's really his name, Dick Togo, and they're a tag <laughs> team, by the way. So I call him Evil Dick. Um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> they're 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 serious. They're it's a serious faction. They're not really joking around. Yeah. You know? They're not. Re- it's not like what you see on AEW where they're kind of joking around, kind of buddy buddy. It's a very different, drastically different tonally. And you got guys with Tomatanga who co-founded the Bullet Club with Finn Balor. You got mm-hmm. guys like Jay White saying like, "Dude, we're not. This isn't some reunion. Like this is a real thing here, not some knockoff over there across the states." Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And that's why Kenta's like told Kenny to shut the f up because Kenta's very, very much aligned with the serious Bullet Club, not this, not the. Yeah, not the goofy one, Bullet Club. Yeah, and recently, 
and, and this was kind of shocking. Um, Rocky Romero, who handles the uh, Gaijin talent of New Japan, he's basically like you know the general manager for them, mm-hmm. and goes on a podcast and says that yeah, we were New Japan was really shocked and surprised where they turn on Impact and they see Kenny, the Good Brothers, and the Bucks with Bullet Club gear without our approval. Oh, and, and then everyone was like, "Whoa, what? Without your approval?" But they didn't. They didn't take action because Bullet Club sales went through the roof again. It made yeah. all the money that they made went straight to New Japan's pockets. Yeah, even though they didn't get approval. Mm-hmm. So this so- door is getting more and more open, mm-hmm. and the possibilities are endless and i it's it's huge if moxley kenta can lead to them really working together then we could get i mean you love kenny omega sean i love kenny omega and he's going mm-hmm. around being the belt collector yeah right now koto abushi's the guy in new japan he has the heavyweight title and the intercontinental title oh. how juicy would it be kenny omega the belt collector has one more belt to collect, and it's from his best friend, Golden Lover. Yes, that he's yeah. never beaten in singles competition. Yeah, yeah. That he like his his deep feelings. I mean, they had a story where it was like you know, very risque that they were you know, yeah. They people people questioned Kenny Omega's sexuality because they didn't know if he was gay or straight because of how really good their storytelling was. Well, and that's the thing too is like to this day, from what I I can gather, he hasn't really answered that question no he's never answered it he always just kind of and here's the thing too is like this is what i'm i'm stoked at because i literally got chills when you just told me that i'm like oh my god because this could be because he is a heel right now Mm -hmm. he is a heel kota abushi i'm sure is not because like he's a face right now he's a good guy right now and like that's the thing though is it's like who's gonna turn kenny omega back to face yeah it'd be kota like just like he did when Kota Ibushi went against the Bullet Club, like mm-hmm. that's how it turned him. So it's like, dude, this mm-hmm. could be, ooh, man, that could be, that could be it, you know? Yeah. And that, that, that the like, possibilities are endless, my friend. Like that's, yeah, that's just one right there. You know, you could do yeah. John Moxley and Okada, who's like, yeah, probably the best wrestler in the decade. You know, you could do Tanahashi and Darby Allen. Like it is endless, and. Yeah. Yeah, but Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega right now in the current in the current iteration of the character with the history that they have together. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, like does Kenny go all all the way in on, you know, being bad guy, throwing yeah. away his feelings for Kota Ibushi, you know? Yeah. Can he get over the hump of beating him for the first time in singles competition? Yeah. What does Kota Ibushi feel about this? That yeah. he's like, you know, his best friend and possibly lover like is this guy now yeah yeah exactly oh my god so well because that's the thing too is it's like because i feel like the young bucks right now are a surrogate for for everyone that's kind of like oh no kenny went heel you know like when kenny got the, the the championship at the very end like everyone was about to celebrate and like they're like ah shit like kenny went heel like yeah. He's he's gone now, you know, like and they're trying to be they're like they're the surrogate audience, really, because they're trying to be like, 
yeah, we're part of the Bullet Club, yeah, but they're not stoked about it. Like, they yeah. don't really like the Good Brothers, like the whole BTE stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they always like go back and forth. And they're just kind of like, dude, like, uh, you guys are like not what we remember you guys to be. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and it's just Kenny. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gotta pop off, and I feel like if anyone's gonna do it it's going to be AEW like, and even though they mm-hmm. have some bad blood, like Tony Khan has definitely not shown any sort of restraint with money or diplomacy, you know, yeah. like he's very much like, let's, let's make this work. And the fact that they have Chris Jericho, who I honestly think like all of this wouldn't happen without him. Like, no, absolutely. cause he's, he's the literally, he's the neutral party between everybody. He's like, yeah. guys, like I said, over and over, I would never leave WWE. I've left them. They're gone, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm nobody here. Like, you guys can all talk to me, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, and he's still such a big, legendary person. Like, even with the whole Undertaker um, interview with Joe Rogan, like, Undertaker mentioned Chris Jericho. Like, he's yeah. like... As, yeah. as the guy, as like, when Joe Rogan asked him, is there anyone out there who hasn't been, like, injured? And Taker, he's like, Chris Jericho. The guy yeah. takes care of his body, never had a severe injury, and he's still doing it at the highest of high levels. Yeah. Like, without yeah. without really losing a step either. Yeah. He still moonsaults like he moonsaults. Like, I cannot believe yeah. he is. Perfect lion salts moonsaults. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect 10. And I'm like, yeah. this guy can still do that? Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, dude, I am like half your age and I can't even do a moonsault. I'm like, I'm going to break my neck. (laughs) But uh, to to go off what you said, like Jericho and I guess to some extent Moxley, but mainly Jericho is that glue that's going to try to bring in New Japan and AEW together. This Kenta Mm -hmm. Moxley thing is the olive branch. And Mm -hmm. God, dude, I I just hope they see this to see Mm -hmm. how much money they're going to make, how great this is. And they can really, and I mean, New Japan fired the guy who had the the beef with the elite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's no coincidence. They fired him. And then two months later, Kenta shows up. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. So, and and not to even say too, like last week's show, last week's match with Kenta, John Moxley, Lance Archer, and Kenny Omega. That was an amazing match. Like, you you know what that reminded me of? That reminded hmm. me of like attitude area, era, ruthless aggression era where mm-hmm. they did not care what the main event was. They would put on pay-per-view level main events on regular TV yeah. consistently. Because yeah. that was yeah. a pay-per-view match right there. And it was like, no, I'm just going to be on a Wednesday. You know, yeah. that was such a great match. That was such a fun match. It, it, it Honestly, like it reminded me back in the days, like it obviously was different, but it reminded me of back in the days when they, did, they would have a TLC match on SmackDown. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, you can't, I can't believe I'm getting this for free. You know, like, mm-hmm. this is nuts. And I mean, Kenta, well, and here's the thing too is like, I have not personally liked Lance Archer for this whole time. And it's not because he's a heel or anything. I just didn't find him all that interesting. Mm-hmm. This match made him interesting, where I'm like, oh, he's like the juggernaut. Like, uh, Kenta's hitting him with everything he's got. And he's literally just like, no. I'm not taking that bump, you know? And it's like, dang, now he's a force, you know? It's I've never seen Lance Archer as a face since I've been watching New Japan and AEW. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. seeing him as a face right now is such a treat for me because I've never seen it before. Yeah. He's always been a bad guy. He's always been the bad guy juggernaut. And yeah. Now that he's a good guy, it's like, oh, I've never he, seen this before from you. I'm excited. Dude, he is fucking Kane. He's Kane. <laughs> like, like, cause Kane was like this bad dude, like, but then when he became face, like Kane, oh my gosh, I remember back in the Attitude Era, like you'd see the fire come out and you're like, oh my God, things are gonna get down. Like he's literally Kane. Like mm-hmm. it's it's that. And it's like Kenta is this badass that's like literally his shirt says go to sleep club. And it's like mm-hmm. he can't do anything to this dude because he's too massive. So like Kenny has to do it. And it's like Kenny has to do the one week and angel with like with the good brothers. With like yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, this is and that's what I mean about like because Lance Archer lost, but he got so over in that in that match where I'm like, yeah, he's Okay, I I can I can I can see where he's going now. It you know, took, like, it took Kenny Omega, Kenta, and the Good Brothers to mm-hmm. finally defeat Lance Archer, mm-hmm. to not only to make Lance Archer look super strong still, yeah, and it protects Moxley from taking the pin. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's like because Moxley is still like he's he's the guy i don't care like i'm gonna be the dirty fighter and everything which i love about this too like they took a bump on a steel table like that did not break like oh yeah that's not and then lance archer hits people with a bag of potatoes i love it i love it (laughs) i love it i'm all for that oh dude or how about um kenta counters lance archer by the announcement table Mm -hmm. leaps off and then double knees moxley's face oh yeah like that was like wrestling people say it's fake it's i would say it's a predetermined sport is more the word that you're looking for because yeah bro that was that. double knees to his jaw like no pull no hiding it just took it to the face and then when you see it in slow motion you're like jesus yeah yeah it's yeah when i i forgot about that yeah when he did that i was like oh my god they are not playing around like this is pay-per-view level because yeah, it's like pay-per-view level like literally they do that on pay-per-views because then they take the bumps and they have like a couple of weeks to like recuperate. Mm-hmm. They're going to be back next week. You yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <they're geez>. back <laughs> next week. like they've got seven days to like recuperate from that. Ma- like, and even the bump that, that Kenny Omega hit where um, Lance Art Lance Archer throws Kenny against the ladder that's in the, in the ring. Oh usually, yeah. How he landed. Yeah. Yeah. Usually like, it's like, ah, you know, they know how to the land where it doesn't really hurt. That looked like it hurt. Like yeah. I was like, Oh my God. I remember he- that he landed. Usually how that goes, they kind of land flat on their back on that. And they kind of mm-hmm. just bounce off to the side. Kenny landed on his upward neck area. Yeah. And I was like, Oh dude, that looked pretty bad. Like, Oh yeah. That's and and that's the thing too is that like that's what I've been waiting to see with Kenny because from what I've seen in YouTube like videos and everything like that of when he was in MPJW it was like he would be a reckless abandon with his body like he would just do crazy stuff and ever since he's been in AEW like he'll do like the tope suicida or whatever they call it but like it's always so calculated so like easy and I get it. He's as old as I am. Like you, you get to a point in your life where you're like, I'm not getting up from that as soon as I'd like to, you know, mm-hmm. but like this match, 
it was the Kenny Omega that I saw on YouTube. Like it's reckless oh, yeah. abandoned with his with his body taking the bumps, doing what he needs to do to get the win. You know, it's like, okay, this is this is it. Like this is such a great and honestly, this is why I was like, we got to have an episode because I'm like, dude, this this <laughs> this episode literally brought me back because I I tapered I tapered off a little bit. I was like, ah, nothing's really happening. You know, mm, it is what it is. But now I'm like, okay, I'm I'm fully back in. Let's let's keep going. You know, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting time. If you're an AEW fan, New Japan fan, even Impact, like I, I didn't give a damn about Impact because it's like, <laughs> lol, it's Impact. And now I'm like, I'm really gonna have to find this channel. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm actually gonna have to like look up like where the hell Impact's on because yeah, dude, they're doing crazy stuff. Yeah, it's it's nuts, man. But. Um, I think I think this is a great point to to wrap up the episode here. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you again for for coming on here. Well, let's see if we can do this next week. If I'm still just as amped, uh, so AEW yeah. man, you got to step it up again. Like I don't know, you're I'm riding off you, man. Come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's great having you. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, thanks we'll for having me, time. man. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, awesome, man. All right, uh, peace. Peace. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Casually Speaking Podcast. Um, this has been brought to you by EagerOnes.com. EagerOnes is spelled E-A-G-R-O-N-E-S.com. They sell a whole bunch of uh, jujitsu gear, which I myself has tried out, sported out, and it's always great quality. It's not one of those um, companies that have like those cheap rash guards that tear or fade over time. Um, all of his stuff is just the highest of qualities he also does um uh, uniforms as well so if you are a gym owner that has a jiu-jitsu program or is looking into getting a jiu-jitsu program um, definitely hit him up at his instagram handle which is eager ones uh, e-a-g-r-o-n-e-s um, or just visit him on his website eagerones.com. again this is brought to you by eagerones.com uh, for the latest and greatest uh, jiu-jitsu gear All right. Thank you.